Uh, if we could uh, turn in 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to teach tonight on the subject prophecy and thankfulness. So we're going to do a little something unique here, but since it is uh, so close to Thanksgiving, uh, I've been feeling led to uh, talk about what is happening in our world and link it to the coming of the Lord. I definitely believe that the violence and the unthankfulness that is all around us is a sign of the coming of the Lord. And it would be a good time for us to look at some scriptures. So we're going to look at just 10 scriptures. Now, uh, I don't plan to cut it short or be short. I'm just going to teach like I normally do. But we're going to get right into the word and we're going to look at 10 scriptures. So you can count them off. If I do 11, I don't want to be executed. I just want to do what the Lord told me to do. But we're going to look at about 10 scriptures. and We're going to kind of look at them in different ways. And we're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse uh, verse number 1. I think it would be good if I would also turn to this scripture. And uh, we're looking at actually two verses, but we're going to only read verse number 1. Three and verse. All right, let's read it together. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now we're going to read it again just that much, shall we? This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. We're talking about prophecy and thankfulness. Can we just put our Bibles down and let's ask the Lord to give the church a thankful heart to a world that needs to hear all about it. Can we do that right now, Father? Right now, Lord, before we're seated, before we uh, settle back and, and think about the word tonight, I pray that we can lift your name and magnify you and give you praise because you are worthy, Lord. We don't praise you because we're worthy. We praise you because you are worthy. And Lord, we thank you for accepting our praise and touching our hearts. We magnify you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone said amen. And you may be seated. Thank you. Now keep your Bibles close. Ten scriptures. And uh, we're looking at, uh, we're going to come back here to 2 Timothy. Uh, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be unthankful and this is our very first overlay notice of course that i've cut everything else out there's an entire list i'm going to go back to it but it it just rings a little clearer when you read it like this so what i've done is i've cut the other six or seven lists out and i've left only the one which is the theme of our lesson tonight for men shall be unthankful can you say that with me for men shall be unthankful thankful now we know that there have been kids that got candy they weren't thankful all the way back from adam's children they probably gave their children a little gummy bear back in after adam and eve and they said here here uh uh cain here here's a little gummy bear they didn't thank them we're not talking about not being gracious or not appreciating what someone did for you in that level. We're talking about a spirit that has absolutely 
captivated the last days. Now, I'm convinced that we're in the last days, so I, I, I very often get criticized. People will say, well, that's only true, Reverend, if we're in the last days. Well, you're describing things that are happening now. That's actually not true because I do believe we're in the last days. But if it's 100 years from now, they're still going to be unthankful in the way that we're talking about right here. I just happen to believe that our culture is reflecting it. Now, someone had recently, I talked to someone that just, and absolutely didn't believe anything in the Bible. And they were of the, the opinion that, you know, Hitler was horrific. Nobody could ever be as bad as that. So nothing in the Bible is going to be describing anything any worse than Hitler. And I said, that's interesting. You're very brilliant. I said, I'm just wondering how you know that the Antichrist could not possibly be worse than Hitler. He didn't have nuclear weapons, for example. And that was in the 30s. The machinations of war have uh, been absolutely uh, revolutionized. So the idea that Hitler was so horrific, and of course we know 63 million people were slaughtered in one war. So I understand people who might think something like that, but it is not true that we could determine now that the Antichrist and his regime would not be worse than Hitler. That would be, uh, uh, in fact, it might be a little disturbing to just say it like this. I believe absolutely that the reign of terror of the Antichrist will be worse than Hitler ever thought about. That day is coming. Someone said, that sounds very negative at the beginning of Thanksgiving. Well, I want to thank God that I'm going to be raptured. Hallelujah. I'm getting ready to leave this world. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'd sing a little bit. Sister French is here, and I know she wants me to teach. Praise God. And that You want me to sing a little? You love that. Hallelujah. She loves it when I sing. This know also that in the last eyes perilous time shall come. Now, <clears throat> along with this spirit of unthankfulness. Now, I don't mean, of course, that people are going to, you're going to hand them coffee and they're not going to say thank you or they're not going to say nice words. I mean, it will be a spirit of ungratefulness. Now, if you define the word thankfulness, it just simply means uh, expressing your gratitude. That's basically the definition. The dictionary definition of thankfulness. And it's, it's more than that, but that's a simple one. And so the spirit of the last days will have many things in it that will be what I'm going to call the spirit of Antichrist. Now, I'm doing that just like John, the apostle, did. He talked about the spirit of Antichrist. Now, there are times that that actually uh, intrigues me because this Antichrist is a man. His spirit cannot be out here itself. And so I don't mean it personally that the Antichrist is some super being that's out here. But the spirit of the Antichrist is really the spirit of Satan. That's really what it is. So when the spirit of Antichrist works in our world, it's not because the Antichrist is doing it. It's because the spirit of Antichrist is satanic. And that spirit that controls him is also controlling many in our culture today. I happen to believe, I'm thoroughly convinced, you know, man, he, that guy may be cuckoo. I am convinced the Antichrist is alive and getting ready to take over the world. I believe that he's living, he's, everything's in place, and he's ready. He's doing whatever it takes. But there are maybe certain things, I, I mean, I don't know. I look at America, I'm thinking about how could America ever 
fall for all of that and so forth. I don't have all the answers to it. I do believe, though, the Antichrist is alive right now and that the spirit of Antichrist is working. Now, someone said, but what if it got so much worse, Brother French, than you're even able to comprehend? Well, that would be horrible. That would just be horrible. And I'd have to admit, well, I, it's got a whole lot worse than I even thought it could. And I would just say that's what happened. But I'm telling you, that in my mind, there is nothing in this world that is keeping Jesus from coming right now. He is ready to come. Hallelujah. And when the time comes, he's going to step on the clouds and come back and be with us. Now, so men shall be unthankful, a spirit of unthankfulness, ungraciousness, no gratefulness. It will be an era of, as you see, as I've said at the bottom, that along with this spirit, there will be an increasingly deceitful. Everyone say deceitful. And I, I don't think anyone can... A doubt that we are living in an age of deceit. I don't know if I've ever, I mean, I can't even, I'm, I'm almost, I just tell people, assume they're lying. Assume they're lying. That's the, that's the day we're in. I don't really think everybody lies, but you have to assume that people are going to lie because there's such a spirit of deception and lying in our culture. And Jesus himself said, I'm not going to go and revisit all. That's another lesson. But I'm just trying to get it all together so I can get past this first one. We got 10 scriptures here. All right. So the, the spirit of deceitfulness is really what Jesus said is the main thing that you have to think about in the last days. Because it's going to say it doesn't matter how you're baptized. It doesn't matter what you, you it, nothing really matters. All that really matters is what you want. That goes right along with this unthankfulness. See, an unthankful heart is a heart that cannot appreciate, cannot appreciate a single thing. It is a God that made them. It cannot even worship him. It is unthankful. It is ungrateful. It is deceitful in that it tries to deceive others, and it is self-deceived as well as selfish. So every one of these things, what I'm trying to point out is that unthankfulness is a totally selfish enterprise. You ought to be able to praise God now. You may not feel good. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, okay, you want to, you should worship the Lord. And I'm not talking about worship here. But if you, you don't feel like worshiping God because you don't feel well. And uh, I'm not saying that because you don't feel well, well, you ought to feel guilty. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that whatever you've got to do, you know, you could you'd be laying there on your last breath and hold your little finger up like that and say, thank you, Jesus. I mean, if that's all you could do, hey, folks, I'm going to worship Jesus. I'm going to praise Jesus. I don't care what the devil says. He can say, well, you're not worthy. Who do you think you are? I'm a child of God. That's who I am. I'm going to praise God and give him praise. Oh, my goodness. The Lord's talking to this church. The Lord is talking to this church. He's trying to wake us up and let us realize that he's coming soon. We need to be about his business. Praise God. Unappreciative. And thankless, unappreciative, is that spelled right, Sister French? Unappreciative, thankless hearts tend toward anger and violence. And, of course, that's exactly what happens in the last days. Okay, now let's keep going. Everybody say praise the Lord. All right, now we're going to look. Well, before we do, we've got to come. I've got, I don't, <laughs> we'll go as fast as we can. Okay, now let's look at Psalm 119. So now here's, here is our, really our second scripture. And I'm going to go back to the one we just did. So remember, if you're counting, all right, I'm just going to do my best to try to do just 10. All right, don't give up. There's signs of the time all around us, and they're everywhere. And there's, there's all kinds of discouragement all around us in terms of how righteousness is trampled, how the things of God are ignored, and so on. 
And many, many people are frustrated in the world that we live. They see things and Christians could be discouraged. But I'm telling you, do not be discouraged because to, to be discouraged means to lose your courage. Do not be discouraged. I'm not saying it may not affect you. You may say, I don't understand. I, don't, I just feel like giving up. Don't give up. Praise God. And don't give in. Now, there's young people that are going to, the devil's going to tell them, uh, listen, you might as well give in. Everybody's going to be doing it eventually. That's what the devil tells people. Everybody's doing it. By the way, I've been hearing that. I'm 62, and I've been hearing it my entire life. Everybody's doing it. But that's a lie. Everybody's doing it. But don't give up. Don't give in, but give thanks. At midnight, Psalm said, I will rise to give thanks. Everybody say, at midnight. And that's why we use this particular scripture. No matter what you're going through. Now I know sometimes things are hard. I preached a very uh, uh, heart-wrenching sermon Sunday morning. Wrestled. I felt God. I just, for some reason, and, and talked about personal difficulties in our own lives years ago. And, and uh, our children going through open heart surgery and all of that. And the very first couple that was in this altar was a family whose own little two-year-old boy is going to have to have a, a major surgery just in a little bit. And they came before this altar. But you know what? They lifted their hands and said, Lord, and we're putting it in your hands. We're praising you, God. I said, wouldn't it be awesome if God surprised the doctors? But see, we don't just praise God if he surprises the doctors. But we know God can surprise the doctors. In fact, he may very well. I'm still waiting. I'm still expecting. I'm still believing that God is able. God has a plan and that they may walk to those, in front of those doctors. Who knows when? And the doctors may say something has happened. This child is completely uh, un, the surgery's canceled. We don't need it. Whoa, hallelujah. Praise God. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. I'm going to praise God. Why don't we do that right now? Let's give him a little thanks. Lord, no matter how dark the hour, no matter what we're going through, no matter how late it is in prophecy, Lord, we're going to rise at midnight. And we're going to give thanks unto thee because you are righteous and you are pure and holy and you are good. Lord, you've been good to me better than I ever deserved. <laughs> oh, yes, you have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let the world discourage me. If some of you would turn off the garbage, you would be far better off. If you would quit listening to it, and then you're, then you're, you're bebopping to some devil... And you're, you're thinking that's really cool stuff. And you say, well, that makes me feel that. I wish they weren't cursing like that. There is music in America today that hasn't got a single good word in it. There's music in America today that is so foul that uh, there's not a single line that's not vulgar in some way. And there are people that let themselves, uh, and then they wonder why. Uh, it could just be you've gotten entangled in spirits that are, you've given permission to come against you, and you need to stop it. Good preaching, Pastor. That's really good preaching. You need to turn things off and quit saying, well, everybody's doing it. You need to be consistent, and you need to shut things down that are coming against you. Now, there are things, of course, at midnight that you had no control over. There are circumstances, but God, how many knows that God is still good? No matter what it is we face, God is still good. Now, we're going now back. Now, don't get afraid. Go ahead and bring the next one up. If, you get, if anybody faints, we've got oxygen. We can help you. 
Do we have oxygen? I'm not sure if we have oxygen. Okay, so prophecy and thankfulness. Everybody say that. Prophecy and thankfulness. Now, the King James says, and I'm going to read a verse. Uh, this is incorrect. In the, no, it, it is correct. We're only looking at three verses, but I'm looking at it in the New Living and the ESV. So the gray area, that's the New Living, and then the, to all the way to the right is the ESV. And I'm, I'm doing this on, well, I'm doing it for one reason. And that is to look at the word unthankful in the surroundings of the prophecies of which it is a part. And unthankful, unthankful, he said, for men shall be unthankful. And so if you go across the the translations, uh, you see that instead of unthankful, what do you have in the new living? Can you see that? Ungrateful. And if you go over to the ESV, what do you have? Ungrateful. So the point I'm making is really that I could go on now, but I'm not going to because I don't want to. I want to talk about this. But my point is that unthankful and ungrateful are really the identical word. Now, I, I don't know that because those two translations told that to me. I'm showing you that it's true based even in those translations. That when you say unthankful, you mean someone is ungrateful. That is the Greek word. That's the point. All right. But now I'm going to read and I want you to think about uh, the uh, my, <laughs> I can barely see this. OK, so um, so when when we think about the signs of the end time and the way people translate scripture. So I'm mixing two things here. Lord, I may be sorry that I'm thinking about this. All right. Notice something. Now, I'm going to read the King James. Here we go. And just follow, I'm going to read it fast. In the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Now, that list, now we, we've cut the list out. There's more. I'm just not going to go into it. Because they're not here to talk about every single sign in the world. I'm just here to talk about unthankful and how it's nestled in the middle of the signs. In the last days, perilous times shall come. Everyone say perilous. Now look at the new living. I mean, yeah, the new living. There will be, I'm reading it now. So that's the middle. That's in the gray. See, I have to hurry. I, I, I could just show you, but you just got to stay with me. Try to stay with me. There will be very difficult times. Okay, that's okay. But that's not what that word means. I could say, how are you doing? Well, I'm having a really hard time. Now, someone could have a hard time and they just had open heart surgery. That would be a pretty hard time. Anybody follow me? Well, I'm having a really hard time because my toenail uh, hurts me a little or I, I didn't get, you know, I didn't get it cut off just right. Is there a difference in having a hard time if it's just your toenail or if it's your heart? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just lost everything. I have nothing. I have no house and I'm sleeping on the sidewalk. That's a, that's a hard time. So we don't normally say, how you doing? Well, I'm almost dead. I'm having a difficult time. That's not the words we usually use, and that's not the word that's used here. In fact, the King James translates it best of all. That's only used twice in the New Testament, so, uh, uh, but these Greek fellows, they know, they know good and well that this word is more than just difficult. The other time it's used in the New Testament is describes a demon that was cast out of someone and said it was a very violent demon. So really the word means violent. 
That's why I put at the bottom, dangerous or violent difficulties. In other words, yes, it's the idea of something being very, very difficult, but not just it's some, oh, well, I'm having a difficult time reading this. It's difficulty in the sense of violence and being extremely dangerous. That is what the last days are going to be like. And Hitler does not even compare to the days that this world is going to face because they're bringing it upon themselves. God said, I will bring judgment unless you repent. Just like in any other judgment that ever came. So now let's read the New Living. There will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents. In other words, they have no. I'm, I'm, of course, I'm. <laughs> uh, in other words, they, they have no respect. In other words, the center of that is it's an age of no respect disobedient to the parents and ungrateful they will consider nothing sacred that's interesting that he translated but see even that i don't agree with because if you are meaning un see what the folks of the new living didn't want to do was say that people are going to be ungodly in unholy in their living so they went with they will consider nothing sacred which is true but it is not what that word is telling us it is telling us it's going to be an unholy, ungodly generation. But they're a little nervous about that. They're afraid they might be linked to those Pentecostals. Okay, so they will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. So about half of that's really good and about half of it's... Mm -hmm. All right, now let's go to the ESV. There will, there will come times of difficulty. Sounds like, you know, couldn't get the car started or something. But that's okay. We've already talked about that. For people will be lovers of self. Lovers of money. Proud. Arrogant. Abusive. Has anybody noticed what is left out of those two translations? I just wanted to notice. I didn't know if you noticed. All right, blasphemers is left out. It's, it's there, but it's translated so differently you can barely tell. But there's one thing that's almost unrecognizable. Anybody see that? Look at it. Under, look after the word. Look at the King James all the way over where it says unholy. And then what's the next thing? Without natural affection. They've completely altered that word, which is very, very clear, which means to have an unnatural love. It will be a generation that will be promoting loving and love and marriage and such that is completely unnatural. It's obvious what it's talking about. But the other translators are trying to uh, skirt around it. We'll let them do that. Let them skirt all they want because I don't use them enough to, for it to matter. All right, so ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable okay now come on I, i'm okay i'm gonna try to get you caught up where's the little deal all right we're almost done here unappeasable see i wanted to stop there because that i really liked often the esv really is excellent unholy heartless and unappeasable nothing you do in this unthankful last days will appease them they're gonna do what they're gonna do they don't care if you're a preacher they don't care if you're a policeman. They don't care who you. There's simply zero respect. It's a generation to where everything you try to do doesn't work because they don't intend to let it work. 
It's such a selfish generation. Slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. Everyone said amen? All right, so let's go. I, I want to stay there, but let's go on. I need to hurry. All right, so now we're turning to Hebrews uh, 10, and this is not very many. Remember, we're only doing 10. All right, so this is, we're only like in one or two here. All right, so Hebrews 10 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Everyone said amen? That's what we should do. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, which means to exhort, just think of encourage, exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So what we are finding out here in Hebrews 10.25 is that we can see the day approaching. Anybody listening? If you're watching... You can see it approaching. In fact, the whole Bible, one-fourth of the Bible has something to say about this, that you need to prepare yourself. There will be signs, uh, and the signs, what are signs supposed to do? They're supposed to let you understand what's coming. And so you see it coming, and you see all the signs about you. That's why I put a clock here uh, in Mark 13, 37, and what I say, Jesus said, what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. So it's critical that, the church be aware that when we see all these things happening all around us, we see the day of the Lord approaching. Now, godly thankfulness or appreciation draws us to God. In other words, if, we, if we're thankful, we're going to want to get in the house of God and praise God. If you'd rather watch a ball game, something's wrong. If you would rather do anything except go to church, then you might be in trouble. You might have a real problem. But godly appreciation draws you into the presence of God. I want to lift my hands and praise him. Hallelujah. And all the more, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. All the more as you see the day approaching. Well, I'm telling you, it's approaching. And you need to get in the house of God and praise him. Now, let's go to Ephesians 5. I think we're at verse uh, the fourth scripture. Everyone say, praise the Lord. Some of you are so excited that we're almost halfway through. Okay, here we go. Ephesians 5. Be ye followers of God. Can you say that? Be ye followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. Now, someone said, but you describing things, you're talking about people uh, abusing and violence and all the things that in the culture are going on all around us. And yet we're still supposed to love people. Folks, they will know you're my disciples by your love. We're supposed to love people. That means we're dumb, we're stupid. It just means we love them. They, they, they slap you around. You love them anyway. You know, that doesn't mean you don't do anything. You protect yourself, do the best you can. But you still love people. If your heart's full of hate, then you need to get it out of there. You just need to figure out a way. There are people, I've talked to people, uh, sitting in a hospital room with cancer and fighting cancer and so on in our own family, and have people say, I cannot understand how God could do this to me. And I would say, God didn't do this to you. God didn't do this to you. No, God didn't do this. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not once, I would say not once, let it not be once, I'm sorry, let it not be once named among you. Hmm. 
Hmm. <laughs> As become a saints. Now, there's a proper way for a saint to live, and it's not with fornication, uncleanness, and covetousness. See, covetousness is another word for a heart that says, I'm not thankful for what I have. I want what you've got. God's not good enough to me. I'm going to steal yours. It's the spirit. So I want to tell you what's going to happen. I, when, I don't want to be in this world when the spirit's taken up and the church is gone. Folks, you need to get ready and get right with God now. All right, so here we go. Verse 3, fornication, uncleanness, covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as become a saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient. We just think proper. It's not right. But rather giving of thanks. See, for years I wondered, why does he throw that in there? What, why is he talking about being thankful when he's talking about all these other things? Because appreciation for what God has done is what we are supposed to be doing rather than chasing after an ungodly world and saying, God's not good enough. I not, not only do I need heaven, I need hell as well. I need ungodliness and righteousness in my life. That's what you're saying. But folks, what you don't need unrighteousness. You may have a sin nature that drags you and pulls you in, in directions you shouldn't go. And someone says, oh, I'm so tempted to lie. Or, oh, I want to steal that or whatever. That may be in a human nature because you're, you're born a sinner and so on. But the Holy Ghost can give you power that overcomes sin and gives you a brand new life. Rather giving of thanks. I'm thankful. I'm praising God. In fact, if you notice the little thing there that I borrowed, thankfulness is the soil in which joy thrives. And that is so true. When you are thankful, then the joy of the Lord and the things of God can you have access to them because you're praising God. I've had people say, I just can't praise God. I'm just so discouraged on this. And I don't mean that there aren't moments that people don't know how to get through circumstances. I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to the fact that if once you've had a chance to deal with it, you're going to I'm just going to tell you. You're going to discover that God is good and greatly to be praised no matter what it is that you're facing. Because God is so good. Okay, let's go to the next one. Now, th this is not a scripture, but we're, we're back to the de definition of, of thankfulness being gratitude or the ex expressing gratitude. So here are other definitions of it. Thankful, appreciative, to be content, to be grateful, to be indebted, overwhelmed. I'm going down the line here in the little box. Overwhelmed, satisfied, fulfilled, beholden, pleased, and gratified. All of these things are connected to, the, to what we might call the, the, the dictionary meaning of thankfulness. So that whenever I'm thankful, then peace can come and fulfillment can come. Because even though you may say, well, I know that I'm not going. For example, let's use this. I'm not going to live forever here. And I may wonder about it and, and uh, you know, whatever. Just all the things. I just was at a funeral and so it's fresh on my mind of thinking about how death affects us and how we wish it didn't happen. But in the end, God's going to conquer death. And I'm thankful for a God that can overcome every situation. Okay, let's say praise the Lord. Let's praise him one more time. Father, I want my heart to be full of contentment. I want to be overwhelmed with satisfaction for the glory of God. And I want your life to be lived in me. Father, I know I'm not perfect. I'm not what I ought to be. But I want to be thankful every day that I live. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. And all these people that want to not have Thanksgiving Day, there's a whole chorus out there. You hear it every year. Thanksgiving, that's horrible. Why are people, that, that's a blah, blah. What they really want to do, they're so negative and full of themselves that they don't want anybody else celebrating anything. Even got to a point now where we, you're not supposed to even say Merry Christmas. That's called the new uh, whatever. I call it the new, well, we won't tell you what I'd call that, but... Um, you're supposed to say something else. And I said, well, uh, I don't do what I'm supposed to do. I do what is right according to the word of God. And I'm celebrating Christmas. That's what I'm doing. If you don't like that, well, then you celebrate what you're celebrating. That's, but see, we used to respect that. But those days of respect are gone. They are gone. Because we're in the last days. Now let's keep going. Now here's a, here's a statement I wanted. Uh, one of my favorite statements. Because this, how many knows there's so much to be thankful for? Praise God. Anybody thankful today for what God's done? So we're getting ready for Thanksgiving. The struggle ends when gratitude begins. What this statement says in just a very brief poetic few words. Is that it is thankfulness that changes everything. You could, be, you could be on your last breath. Oh, Jesus. And you could still have a heart that's praising God. You could say, folks, let me tell you, if you think money's going to make you happy and that's what you're waiting on, mm -mm. But that's another message. Okay, let's, let's keep going. Let's go to the next scripture. Here we go. So now we're looking at 1 Thessalonians, and I've lost track of the number, but we're very close here to the end. So here's a four-word command. In, everyone say it with me, in everything, give thanks. That's a four-word command. That's, that's just the four words. Of course, there's more to the verse. But in, everybody say in. You see, in everything, I've said this before, but I want to say it again. I know that it's hard for people uh, that see things uh, and they may not be thankful for, let's say, evil. But in the midst of evil, you can be thankful. Whatever you're in, you can be in an evil world and still be thankful. In everything, give thanks. Hallelujah. Sister French, remember the old song? We used to sing it all the time years, years ago, back uh, well, not that long ago. Uh, and we would sing, in the good times, praise his name. In the bad times, do the same. In everything, give the king of kings all the thanks. Hallelujah. Give him the thanks. It's a command. It didn't say, well, if you feel like it, it said in everything. Give him thanks. Now, there was a time we were facing a major uh, situation with our children, and, and we were very, I was the most discouraged, but Sister French and I were wrestling, and we went to, what, what's uh, Sister uh, Freeman, who we respected, and we thought maybe she'd have a word for us. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. How many times that I went to to someone we respected and said, tell us what to do. Tell us how to do it. We don't know how to do it. We, we don't know the answer. I went to a minister who's well known in our fellowship and I said, I, I'm at the end of my rope. 
I'm at the very end. I don't know what else to do. I may lose uh, a child here any day, and I'm, I just I can't bear it. I don't understand it. And I know I've talked to God, and he, he just listened, and he cried. And, and then he reached across the, the table, and he said, God is doing it in you. He has plans for you. And he knows you can bear it. You have to face this because he has plans for you. And I said, oh, brother, thank you so much. I can't tell you what it means to know there might be a reason for this that I can't grasp. And we prayed because we were in the middle of a restaurant. People were going, excuse us, we'll, we'll get out quick. Because <laughs> we were really praying. But I want to tell you something, no matter what you're facing, and it may be absolutely horrific because we're living in a horrific world, and there's sickness, and there's trouble, and there's all kinds of things, and some people feel like God isn't helping them enough, that God owes them something, and so life goes on and on. But here's the command, in everything, give him thanks, hallelujah. If God's been good to you, you ought to just lift your hands and say, I'm giving you thanks here tonight, Lord. I'm giving you praise on a Wednesday night. In everything, I'm going to give you praise. Hallelujah. Here, here is the sad thing. There are people that have been blessed beyond measure, and they do not open their mouth and thank God. There are saints that if they don't get a double dose today, they forget all about yesterday, yesterday's blessings. That's how they're living. They think God owes it to them. Or whatever they're thinking of different things. But you need to get past that. You need to quit it because you are an unthankful heart is as close to Satan as you can get. You're as close to the Antichrist as you're ever going to be when you refuse to be thankful and you have blessings beyond measure. Well, I didn't get what I wanted. I really wanted double the money I've got and I didn't get it. Disappointment is understandable. Proverbs talks about it chapter after chapter. Disappointment causes this and this. And God understands when you're disappointed. The problem is not you being disappointed. It's you being unthankful. That's the problem. You could have one dime and be thankful. <laughs> I wish you could have seen what I just saw. Uh, you could have one dime and be thankful. I, I never forget, I read, before I ever came to Georgia, I read the, the life history of, uh, well, I'm going to forget her name. Anyway, the, uh, forget her name. But anyway, she started uh, the girls' college in Rome, Georgia. I forget her name. I'll think of it in a sec. I'm just, it just came to my mind. And she wrote uh, Henry Ford and said, Okay, they, they probably know her, met her, and prayed her through the Holy Ghost. Um, yeah, the, the lady that started the, the college in Rome. Yes. Woo! She wrote Henry Ford and said, I need a million dollars for my college. You know what Henry Ford did? He sent her a dime. This is in her book. Henry Ford, the richest man in America, sent her one dime. 
She spent all year. She planted some kind of a plant. Then she sold it. Then she planted two more. Then she, she raised thousands of dollars from that dime. She was so, oh boy, I tell you what, I wouldn't want to get on her bad side. And she wrote the next year, Dear Dr. Ford, I want to thank you for your dime. I have now raised X number of thousands of tens of thousands of dollars. And he wrote her back. <laughs> he wrote her back. And he said, oh, uh, is it Barry? Is that her name? Miss Barry. Miss Barry. That's right. I did receive your letter. Thank you for the update on the dime. And here's your check for a million dollars. This is what I knew you would do. Oh, I want to tell you, folks. Now, I don't want someone sending me a dime if I need it. <laughs> I'm not saying, Lord, just send a dime. <laughs> that's, that's not the point of this illustration, y'all. The point of it is, no matter what you're given, you can still be thankful. You can do something with it. Praise God. Hallelujah. And there's something else about it. This world is looking for somebody that's been touched by a God. And you're grateful for it. They're looking for that. That's what they're looking for. Praise God. All right. First Chronicles 16. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. How many more do I have? How many scriptures more? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, let's stand. Let's stand. Here we go. I, I'm, whatever I got to do, I'm going to end it pretty quick. Oh, let's read it together. Is it there? Oh, give thanks. Everybody, is it there? All right, can you move? Are you, can, are you breathing? Are you able to breathe at all? Here we go. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Psalm 104. Because so, the act of giving thanks is the heart of worship. Psalm 104, let's read it. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Would you praise his name? Would you lift up his name? Father, I praise your name. I magnify your name. I glorify your name. Your name is holy. The name of Jesus is awesome. I bow my knee to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to live my life in the shadow of the cross. I give glory to your name, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Psalm 107. Here we go. We've only got a, a, maybe one more after this. Here we go. Psalm 107, 21. Let's read. It. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. This world needs to see a church. And I want us to pray for our city right now. Would we do that? Father, I pray for those around us that don't know the things, that they don't have the blessings, they don't understand, they're walking in their own life, their own ways. I pray for them that you'll draw them into the house of God and that we would praise the Lord for your goodness and they would see the mighty, wonderful works of God that you have done in our midst. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Now, this is an actual picture. This is not a fake. The others were all fake. 
This is a real picture of a real saint, a real elderly saint of God full of the Holy Ghost with her hands up. And I want us to read this as our final scripture. Sing unto the Lord. Hold it. I'm sorry. This is Psalm 30 for those that listen later. Psalm 30 verse 4 and some other verses. Here we go. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Let's lift our hearts and give him praise as we conclude a Bible study on thankfulness. Lord, I love you. I magnify your name. Lord, I want to sing to the Lord. I want to praise the Lord at the remembrance of your holiness. You've turned my mourning into dancing. Lord, you gave me hope when I had none. You gave me, Lord, a touch of God when I was lost and and undone. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Jesus, and I praise your name because you are good. You are great, and you are greatly to be praised. Praise God. And, of course, We haven't said a lot. We should thank God for our families and we should uh, have a blessed Thanksgiving, not because it's an American national holiday, but because we are truly thankful. And no matter what you're going through, and sometimes people are facing things nobody else knows really anything about. And they try to keep their, their head up and And it's not easy sometimes, but I want you to know that I'm praying for you and I think of you every day. You're on my heart. Let's bow our heads and we'll be dismissed. Father, I pray for the most blessed Thanksgiving for this, uh, these saints that we've ever had. I pray that it will be a great time of celebration and that the world will know that we have been filled with praise for a mighty God that we serve. And I also pray for protection On each and every one, some are suffering and others, Lord, are sick. And I pray for help and healing and strength in the name of Jesus Christ. And could we all say amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, I'm going to let you go. I've been going and going. Turn to your neighbor, shake hands. You're dismissed. God love you.